Hello, 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 and welcome to episode 9 of On Your Way Out. I'm Evan Marlowe. Thanks for stopping by. Really happy that you did. We've got a great episode lined up for you today. We are still in the middle of our coronavirus COVID-19 lockdown, um, doing all of our distance interviews. And uh, some of these distance interviews are great because I'm actually able to connect with some people who maybe aren't necessarily local, and it gives me a really great opportunity to explore those connections. Uh, Today's guest is someone that I've known for quite a few years and has had um, quite the path getting to where she is today, and she has some really great insight and different things that she's learned along the way, and so I'm really excited for this. Um, Please enjoy my conversation with none other than Leela Sear. All right. Welcome to the podcast, Leela. How's it going? Hey, it's good. You know, I'm here in the basement, quarantined. <laughs> quarantined. But, but we're making it happen. Excellent. Well, um, we are towards the end of April at the recording of this uh, podcast, and we're in the middle of the quarantine, as you said. Um, mm-hmm. how, how's life for you? How are you holding up? What are you What are you doing to pass the time? Well, for for us, it's hiking. Um, okay. I live just outside of Hartford, Connecticut now. And most people, I, I don't think, I didn't know that, that Connecticut is a really beautiful state. Um, there's I, tons, I would not have guessed. Yeah, it's like tons of hills and ridges. I wouldn't say mountains, but it's very hilly. It's not like flat like home, like Wisconsin. So there's tons of trees. I mean, we live like right next to a wooded area. And within three minutes, we can walk to a game refuge with hiking and stuff like that. So that's been wow. our our little refuge is anytime it's nice out, we make sure to get out for a hike a day if we can. That's great. Yeah. And I'm and I'm kind of like in the opposite. I'm in this like brand new subdivision where like not even all the sidewalks are finished. Oh, okay. <laughs> we have like a little we have like a loop we can do. Okay. It's 0.97 miles. I know that. Okay. <laughs> and uh but yeah, we we try to get outside too, doing the walking thing. Um so what types of things like like do you like personally have to like now that you like say it's raining outside, you can't go hiking. What are the things that you do like online or listening to recordings or something that help you to kind of stay centered? Well, I did finally get like paid streaming service. Okay. (laughs) You would think I would have already had that (laughs) as a musician, but I didn't. Um, So it's definitely been like, hmm, what's everybody listening to? Going on my Facebook or Instagram. And right now, because there's nothing else to do, everybody's posting, oh, my top 10 albums, this and that. I'm like, okay, maybe I'll check out their top 10 albums and see if there's anything that sounds good. So I've been doing that. A lot of Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> I just uh, binged, <laughs> I just started binge watching uh, Schitt's Creek. <laughs> so okay. that was like my newest one. I mean, you I've know. heard a lot of people dig that one. Thank you. And you know what? Like I tried watching it once. And I was like, uh, I don't know about it. I'm still not sure about it. But I'm like, well, they're short episodes. They just kind of get my mind off stuff. They're kind of funny, you know. Yeah. So I've just been like, here, let's just go through it. Cause I'd never started. There's lots of episodes to, you know, take up time. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. And, and playing with my, my one and a half year old. 
yes. Yeah. He, he, yeah. he keeps me on my toes. <laughs> <laughs> that is the one positive, I would say. And I think you probably, you and I can probably say that sometimes it doesn't feel like a positive, but getting to spend, I got a, I got a four-year-old and, well, mm-hmm. a five-year-old as of Sunday. Oh and uh, yeah, it's uh, just spending time with yeah. the fam is really, really, it's a nice thing. Yeah, you, it's You take great. it for granted. You do. And um, our lifestyle hasn't changed actually too much um, because my husband, he already works from home. And my main job right now is being a stay-at-home mom. And it was like being a musician on the nights and weekends, you know. Yeah. So it it hasn't changed too much. But now not being able to go to the playground, go to the library, go to the mm-hmm. grocery store, go to grandma and grandpa's. It's that stuff like I, I definitely took for granted because now it's like, oh, my God, he's whiny all day long. What can we do? What projects can I try to do with him? And he's yeah. at this in-between age where if I give him a crayon, he might eat it. <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, OK, no coloring, uh, painting. I'm not quite, you know, ready to clean up the whole, you know, house of paint. So. It's, sure, it's, it's sure. you know, trying to figure out what's going <laughs> to keep him occupied for five minutes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, well, I'm going to kind of shift gears a little bit and kind of talk about our connection. Um, Leela and I grew up together um, in, in the booming metropolis of Pulaski, Wisconsin. <laughs> um, so we, uh, we kind of... I, did we? I can't remember. Did we even go to the same elementary school? We I did. Think, I I, I thought came, we yeah. We both went to Glenbrook, right? Yes, I came in in like third grade or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, I, now you're you're mentioning it. I'm like, oh yeah, that brings a bell now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Absolutely. Um, so you and I, we, we started to really get to get to get to know each other. I think really when I got to high school because we right. spent a lot of time together. Right. Um, and so. I would say that like one of the biggest things in my life as a, as a musician, um, we got to experience going to the essentially Ellington festival with our high school band. Um, what did, did, how, did that have any of the same effect as on you that it had on me? Oh yeah, definitely. And then, and for those, for those of you that don't know what that is, the essential Ellington festival is a high school band competition where high school groups can kind of put a recording together of, of Duke Ellington's music. And then they have the top, 10, 15, it's kind of changed over the past couple of years, um, cut, get to come to the Lincoln Center in New York to play. And we got selected to do that, which mm-hmm. is really cool. So sorry to cut you off. Go ahead. No, it's fine. It's fine. Um, it's, it was actually kind of crazy. It felt like such a full circle thing because um, I did live in New York City, like the area of New York City um, for like 10 years. I recently just moved here to out into Connecticut, like just under two years ago. So okay. Otherwise, I was living in the city and then like playing concerts in New York City. Like <laughs> it was like, what? And every time, actually, I was a lot of what I was doing too was cater waiting. I was a cater waiter in New York City. Okay. And one of our biggest venues was Jazz at Lincoln Center. So I was always in there <laughs> like all the time. Um, so it wasn't always performing, but. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was kind of crazy because backstage they have all the old posters from all okay. the all the old years of the competition. And our poster was the very first one. 
Oh, nice. Yeah. So I would walk by it. Now that you mention it, I've seen that. Yeah. I've seen Mm -hmm. that on the tour that we went. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So I would walk past it all this way. Yeah. Pulaski High School. I I was there. I was there. You know, of course, nobody cared. (laughs) And then they. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And then there was also a time when they were like celebrating, ah, I want to say the 25th anniversary or something like that. And they Mm -hmm. had the whole wall with everybody's name. So our names were on the wall. Like as oh, wow. like all the alumni of the competition, so that was pretty cool. That's nice. Yeah, that's that's cool. And, and so I just uh, I'll share a little bit. Like so, Leela always stood out in my brain as uh, a phenomenal performer. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was really more trumpet centered first. That's kind yes. of kind of how I got to know you first mm-hmm. as being trumpet centered, and then we noticed that we found out that she could sing, <laughs> and. Um, and she did so well, but I think one of the things that I look back on and when, and this is like a little story, I'll tell it. I, she doesn't know I'm telling. About this. Um, and so the, but this is like my cemented memory of you in mm-hmm. high school was when we made the festival. And one of the, the perks is they sent members of the Lincoln center jazz orchestra to come and work with us in person. Yep. And, um, at the time, like, so we got, like, it was for like a week. And so like, we got a chance to do a bunch of these clinics. And when we did, we did the tune rocks in my bed. Right. Mm-hmm. And Leela got to sing rocks in my bed and she did a phenomenal job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, but one of the things that I remember you, you went in and I think that your, some of your major influences may have been like a, like Christina Aguilera yes. and <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> some of the more poppy tunes. And so, um, the style that you sang rocks in my bed at the very beginning of the clinic, and then they worked with you and Mm -hmm. like, and I remember you getting worked with, and then it was like one rehearsal where they, he really focused for about 15, 20 minutes on just your style. And it was like, at that moment when you sang it, it like clicked. I'm like, she's, she needs to be a singer. She needs to do this. She needs to continue doing this. And I was like in awe of your performance, even just even, even in high school. And so, um, if that's the moment when, and it may not be, maybe you didn't know, but (laughs) that's the moment I knew where I'm like, she's going places. She's going to go places because she, she's got it. And that was, it was really cool. Um, so I don't, do you remember that? Now (laughs) that that you're like talking about it, I'm like, oh my gosh, yes, I do remember it. And I'm sure I, I feel a little felt... like Chris Farley here. Well, no. like, you, re- you remember that? <laughs> no, no, I don't. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, yeah, that was, you know, and it made sense. It was like, it, it was what I needed to learn too, because I had really no experience with jazz music, you know? Yeah. Um, it wasn't something that did. was popular. It, it was definitely nothing that my family listened to. So I, how was I going to know? So that was sure. definitely, you know, a, a real learning experience. And it, it, and it taught me a lot because, yeah, that's what I was listening to. Backstreet Boys, Christina Aguilera. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> that's what's cool. <laughs> yeah. And, and, well, and it's funny because we, we made it on your, your Christina Aguilera version of Rocks in My Bed <laughs> all the way to New York. So <laughs> that, that, that's pretty yeah, awesome. I tried. I tried. <laughs> Um, so you went on to, to bigger and better things after you left Pulaski high school, where, where, where did, how, kind of tell us just a very bridged version of where, what the road took you to get to where you are. Oh man. Well, so first I started out at the university of Wisconsin, Green Bay. Um, and really I wasn't planning to do music. I didn't audition or anything like that. Um, mm-hmm. and I was actually there 
um, registering for classes. I don't even know where it was, some random building on the campus. And someone came in and was like, yeah, is Leela Sear in here? And I was like, yeah. He's like, oh, follow me. You're, you're in the wrong place. And I was like, okay. And I followed this guy all the way to the music department. <laughs> he, he sat <laughs> me down in, in front of the, the head of the music department. He's like, oh, no, you belong here. <laughs> and I was like, oh, all right. okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of like, that's what I mean. Like music really, you know, found me, you know. So that's kind of my it, initial like, literally start. chose you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Which now I'm looking back and like, hey, well, you, you know, maybe if you give me a scholarship. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. It's all right. So I started going to school there and I met um, my first voice teacher, uh, Christine Salerno, um, who, you know, she taught me the base of everything. You know, I still think back to some of the things that she taught me um, back back then. So that's kind of followed me through my whole life. So that was definitely a baseboard. Um, and I actually met my first husband there, a <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, guitarist and singer from Brazil. And okay. right away, we just kind of clicked with music. Um, because the, the the department was so very small, so it wasn't hard for the kind mm-hmm. of the the top, you know, talents in that small group to meet. So I just started learning music and learning about Brazilian music and stuff like that. And he actually transferred to the Berklee College of Music in Boston. And mm-hmm. he he's the one who really encouraged me to follow him there, which was like the scariest thing. Like yeah. for me, like this small town girl from Plasky, Wisconsin, who didn't even want to do music in the first place. Oh, now I'm going to yeah. go to like the top, you know, contemporary music school in the world. Like, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I did it. <laughs> I I auditioned yeah. for a scholarship that, you know, it, it helped a little. But, you know, I somehow made it work and went out to Boston and I finished my school there and that's where I met um bassist and singer Esperanza Spalding yeah yeah that's I that's where I wanted to yeah I wanted mm-hmm. to talk about this because this is this is an amazing time yeah so I met her it was like her last semester it was literally like the weeks before she was graduating and she was already like the poster child you know like literal mm-hmm. poster child there was a giant poster of her on the side of the building <laughs> <laughs> so when I saw her, she was going to pass me in the hallway and I thought, oh, you know, like I can't talk to her. But then I was like, you know what? I have to, I have to take this chance if I'm going to sound stupid or whatever, but I, I have to just introduce myself. And she was super nice and she was, you know, really cool. And she was like, yeah, let's, you know, let's play, let's hang out. She was really into Brazilian music. So I feel like it was like that next week we had a a gig at a Brazilian restaurant together. Like what? Okay. <laughs> you know, wow. and, and that's just really where it kicked off, you know, and we became friends. And, um, after Berkeley, uh, I, I came back to Wisconsin for like six months or something like that. And I think I was just talking with her on the phone and was, we were saying, Oh, we want to move to the city. And she's like, Hey, I, you know, you guys want to live with me? I got a house out here in Jersey City, New Jersey, which is just across the water. You know, come mm-hmm. live with me. And it was like, okay. 
(laughs) (laughs) So I lived with Esperanza for like a year and a half. And yeah. And my ex actually toured with her right when we got there with a quartet. And then after that tour, she asked me to come out on, on the road with her, which was like, are you kidding me? You know, like (laughs) I, it was, it was just, I feel like it was just luck, man. You just never know what, what's, I mean, if I didn't say hi to her in the hallway, would I have, you know what I mean? You think about those small things in life that could just change your whole, you know, root. And I think everybody feels like it's such like a formal thing that you went off and auditioned for Esperanza's group and there was a formal thing with tables and chairs and, Mm -hmm. you know, the spotlight in the center and you were nervous and that kind of thing. (laughs) None of that happened. No, and and that's, that's actually the biggest thing that I got out of Berkeley was the just learning how to like network. It was like its own tiny music industry. Well, not tiny, but it was like its own entity. So it kind of taught you how to make those connections because that's, that's what it is, man. It's Mm -hmm. it's all about networking and meeting people. Absolutely. Yeah. Which is not easy for me. It's really not easy for me. Um, I, I don't know how I was, when I think of myself as in high school or before that, I feel like I was super shy, but I was also like, I could be outgoing and funny, but Mm -hmm. I really felt like I was, I was shy. It's, it's, hard for me to start a conversation with a new person, you know? So that, that part of this job was definitely the hardest and still, and still is the hardest. So, yeah. Yeah. And all of this leads up to you, you, this, this whole time you've been wanting to put out a record for years and years and years, right? Yes. (laughs) And, and you finally get a chance and you've done a lot of performing and you've been all over the world performing and you finally get a chance to put this record together and you put it out and you put it, you put out the record first instinct. Mm-hmm. And, uh, can you tell, tell us a little bit about it? When, when did that come out? What kind of goes into it? Let's see. It came out, was it last year in February? Yep. Um, is when it, when it finally released, but the music, a lot of it was like, stuff from like 10 years ago that I had written like 10 years ago. Um, mm-hmm. a, a good handful of the songs that I wrote were actually in that time frame when I moved out to the East coast to like to Jersey city, New York and before yeah. the tour with Esperanza. So, cause at that time my, well, my ex-husband at the time and her were gone like all the time because they were on tour and I was home. I was this, you know, small town girl in New York city by myself. (laughs) I don't have any friends yet. Like what am I going to, you know, what else am I going to do? There's a piano there. I had never really written music before that. I had written one song for first instinct. Actually, that was my very first song that I ever wrote. And that was at Berkeley. But other than that, I hadn't written. So, that time kind of forced me to just sit there and, and take my thoughts and put them into music. So some of the songs on there are, you know, that kind of tough time. <laughs> like, what am I going to mm-hmm. do with my life? Did I, did I choose the right path? You know, 
I'm a cater waiter. Like what's happening? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so it's just a culmination of stuff that has, you know, impacted me in the last like 10 years of my career. And I finally, you know, was like, Hey, I need to do this um, because I am now remarried and I have a one and a half year old, like this, this stuff was on the horizon. So I was like, you know what? I, I, I have to do this before um, I have this whole new chapter happening in my life, you know, and I have the time now, so let's do it. Yeah. And the album is fabulous. Thank you. Um, if you have, if you get a chance, uh, we're going to talk about it more as we go. Um, but you, you need to, and especially, I'm, I almost wish that everyone could hear you talk about like this background information, get your background information and hear your story mm-hmm. and then listen to it. Cause it all kind of comes together at this point now. Like I'm looking back at listening to the album and I'm like, Oh, I hear that. Oh, mm-hmm. I hear that. And mm-hmm. and that's really cool. And I think that that's a lot of the concept of, of behind it. So that's exactly. really cool. Exactly. So where do you go from here? Where, what are you curious about doing next? What's the next step? Man, it's hard to say, you know, one of, one of these dreams that I kind of had, and and it did happen with Esperanza, that, that was like my dream job was basically being like a a background singer, like a sideman. That, Mm -hmm. that's really where I feel the most comfortable. Um, being the leader of the band, you know, it's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of work. And, you know, I'd rather take someone else's baby and, you know, work really hard and challenge myself to get what, what they're hearing and having fun with it, you know, and challenging myself. Like the, the, the Esperanza stuff was just perfect because I loved it and it was also like really challenging and it was so fun yeah. to sing. So I, one dream I had was to, you know, be like just a background singer that was like on the list, you know, and I have friends like that who like sing back up for sting, uh, you know, sing back up for all these famous people. Cause they're, you know, sure. like on the list. And I'm like, how did you do that? How did you get on that list? You know? yeah. <laughs> so that, I, I would say like, if I had to have like a ultimate, like what do I see in my future? I would love to do that. Just traveling the world, you know, not having to worry about, being in the spotlight, but kind of like behind it. Do you ever see that that movie that um, I think what is it? Twenty feet from stardom. Oh yeah, I've I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah. That's it's I've basically about it. like background singers and a, and a couple yeah. of them I actually know like personally. And it's like, man, you don't you don't realize like what talents are backing up some of these big names, you know? Yeah. But otherwise, right now. I'm, I'm really focusing on being a mom. Um, yeah, for me, you know, I love music, but I always knew that having a family and like being a mom was going to be really where my heart kind of lies. You know, I just want to like, I don't know, helping this person grow and teaching them about the world and teaching them about life and, and also having that, like that family tree that's going to just keep growing, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of my New York city friends, that's not the life that they're choosing, you know? And that's cool. Sure. But for me, uh, it just was like, you know, that's music. doesn't 
define me. So, you know, that I, it was okay for me to kind of take a step back and kind of focus on this now. So that's, yeah. that's really where I'm, and, and man, it's, it's crazy to think that like, oh my gosh, like I only have like a one and a half year old, like I have his whole life. Like he hasn't even started school yet. Like what about when he, yeah. what about when he's in the marching band, you know? It's like, oh, yeah, man. yeah, so it, it's just super exciting for me to think about. Yeah. I, and, and I'm, I, like I said, I just had, my son just had his fifth birthday on Sunday. And I remember, I remember about one and a half thinking, you know, this, we just only had this short amount of time and you got your whole life. And then I blink and it mm-hmm. just, just, you'll blink mm-hmm. and that kid's going to be five. And then you're going to go, wait, slow down, slow down. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it's, it's crazy. Um, so uh, the last question that I'm going to ask kind of in this interview performance area mm-hmm. in, uh, is, um, well, uh, before we get to the lightning round, um, is tell me about your favorite performance. Oh, man, I feel like there's so many, but one that always just seems to stick out in, in my brain is I actually performed at this um, festival i want to say it's like one of the biggest festivals in the world it's called rock in rio in okay in um it happens in rio de janeiro or rio de de janeiro as they say in portuguese um (laughs) and it was actually like a co-performance with esperanza and uh, one of the most like well-known famous brazilian singers his name is milton nascimento so like he he's the kind of guy like he he can't go out on the street without people like running after him. That's how famous yeah. he is. So there it's like he he's super famous there. So it was just like playing. It was like a hundred thousand people. It was insane. Wow. Yeah. So th- that that stood out, and to also just be playing with someone where everybody knows the words. It was really crazy, just him singing all his his hit songs, and they would every single person is singing along. So that wow really stood out. And I mostly was playing trumpet on that, which is also at at this point I definitely see myself more as a singer than a trumpet player. Sure, <laughs> so it was also like super nerve wracking, you know, because we were like yeah. on live TV, and I, and his most famous song. Is called Maria Maria, and I had okay. to play a solo trumpet intro. <laughs> like <laughs> it was like I'm I'm surprised I didn't pee my pants. Like, <laughs> but then I did it. You know, I did it and without like any mistakes, and it was like after that I could just breathe <laughs> and enjoy the that's moment. Awesome. But so that's yeah. definitely one of my top top performances. Yeah, for sure. Cool. That's really great. Mm-hmm. I can't even fathom playing in front of a hundred thousand oh, people. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> That's really cool. Excellent. Well, we are going to shift gears a little bit and we're going to be going to uh, the lightning round. So I, I do this in the, in all of the interviews where I kind of ask our guests to do some more lighthearted questioning, but n- not a whole lot of thought. You're not allowed to think too much on this. I just want you to just, just bam, go. Um, and and then if you feel like there's something that really you, you want to elaborate on, or maybe I'm going to question you a little bit on it, <laughs> um, we'll go from there. But so uh, just kind of quick hip fire okay. questions. Okay. So are you ready? Uh, 
As ready as I can be. All right. Your favorite movie quote. Oh, okay. John Hancock. It's Herbie Hancock. <laughs> no. <laughs> Classic. Yeah. I mean. Love it. Love it. Love it. <laughs> That's awesome. If there is a hair in your soup at a restaurant, do you return it? No, I'm too nice. I'd probably just like pick it out and be like, eh. I mean, I worked in the restaurant kind of industry, you know, it's just kind of like, eh, whatever. It's a hair. It's a hair. I'm the know. same way. Yeah. So it's I'd probably hair. just pretend I didn't see it and kind of just take it out and finish the soup. <laughs> Unless there was a lot of them. Well, well, yeah. I mean, you know, and hair from other places, you know what I mean? If it's that, it, kind, of, if it's that kind of hair, I might not eat it. <laughs> That's true. (laughs) Are you more Sour Patch Kids or Swedish Fish? I'd have to say Sour Patch Kids. Yeah. Nice. Sour, hot, that sort of stuff. Cool. What is the last song you sang out loud in private? Oh, my gosh. Oh, Oh, that's a hard one. I'm trying to think, like. Actually, you know what it was? It was that song from Sound of Music. It's like, <laughs> I've got confidence. You know? <laughs> it was actually, I was singing it because I was like thinking about this podcast. I'm like, okay, I, I just have to get my nerves out. Like, and I played, yeah. I played the soundtrack the other day, you know, to keep my son kind of, you know, busy and listening sure. and stuff. And that, that was one of the songs that I, I kind of forgot about. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> I've got confidence and confidence. You know? <laughs> so, yeah. That's great. Yeah, yes, that's it. Yeah. Excellent. Have you ever stolen anything? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not proud of it. I'm not proud of it. I feel like in, in high school, do I have to elaborate? <laughs> I guess I don't. But I feel like in high school, I, I remember like going to Kohl's and I'd want like a shirt, but then also like, a sweater over the top and I oh, sure. put the shirt under the sweater and then give it to the cashier and be like, well, if she didn't find the tags, that's my problem. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's the truth. I'm You're not, not alone. I'm not, you know, I'm not proud of it. <laughs> You're not alone there. <laughs> All right. Do you do karaoke? And if so, what's your jam? I, you know, I haven't done it in a long time, but yes, I have. And usually my jam is I will survive. Oh, yeah. And I kind of like a good one. That's a... adding over the top to be, you know, super cool. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yes. Take it to the next level. Uh, That's hello. good. Make it your own. <laughs> uh, do you drink coffee? Yes. And I how, do. if so, how do you like your coffee? Uh, you know, it used to be black and I still drink it black, but then about two hours later, my whole body starts to shake. <laughs> <laughs> I love the smell and I love the taste of coffee and sometimes yeah. putting, you know, cream or something in it is just like, you know, but my, mm-hmm. my tolerance is not what it used to be. So, <laughs> Can't drink I, like I used to. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, actually, I'm yeah. actually, I'm still nursing. So, yeah. And, and when I was pregnant and initially nursing, I really tried to not drink coffee or, or drink decaf, you know, all the right things you're supposed to do. And I really think yeah. just, you know, really not doing it for a long time 
and now I'm trying to like get back on the horse. Like, mm, <laughs> I'm going to fall off the horse. Because I'm <laughs> <shaking>. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, would you ever go to a movie alone? Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would. I mean, yeah. it'd be nice I've done to it go too. with somebody, but yeah, I would. I'm trying there's to, times I'm trying though to... where go ahead. Well, there's times where like, I actually like, I know that no one else would like this right? and I just want to enjoy it and, and, mm-hmm. <laughs> and not have anybody ridicule it. So I'm going to go. Yeah, to exactly. Movie. You know, <laughs> one of the biggest mistakes I made was, uh, dragging my husband to like the 50 shades of gray movie. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that was like, why, why did I even do this? Because the whole time he was like, Oh yeah. Like, ma- you know, making comments. I'm like, ah, can I just have my, you know, girl time? Like, why did it, this is not a good Valentine's day. You know, like, that didn't work out. So I should have definitely gone around. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's great. Stay. <laughs> All right. So we got, we got a question that comes up in every episode. Would you rather fight 100 duck sized horses or one horse sized duck? Well, I've been thinking long and hard about this and I think I'd have to go with the hundred tiny horses. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of afraid of horses. I don't, there's just so big. Wow. So, yeah. But I feel like if they're like kind of, you know, my ankle size are a little bit bigger, I feel like I'd just kick them off. Whereas, a, sure. whereas like a giant duck, man, they got that bill <laughs> and they have the ability to fly, yeah. you know? Yeah. Oh, you know, you were the first person to ever bring that up. A flying horse sized duck. <laughs> yeah, terrifying. that's scary, bro. Like, <laughs> I think I'll deal with the horses, man. <laughs> nice. Good, good. Uh, let's see. There is a spider in your house. Do you kill it or do you set it free outside? Well, I don't kill it. My husband is going to kill it. <laughs> I, I, that's, I have arachnophobia, man. I am, I'm, I'm, oh, really? Spiders. Yes, yes, I am. So dead, dead. I'm sorry. It's going to be dead. (laughs) Just just dead. All right. I'm sorry, but that's the truth. (laughs) And the way I like to end most of the lightning rounds, my personal question, do you drink the cereal milk? No, I actually think it's pretty disgusting. (laughs) I know, I know, I know, but you know, I won't waste it though. I'll, I'll, what I do, like there's milk left and then I put a little more cereal to, to use the rest of the milk. But I okay. don't, I don't know why. I just, mm, I never liked that. My, my brother would do that, you know, ah, uh, like, how can you do that? Also, I, I eat, <laughs> I eat boring cereals now, like Chex Mix and Cheerios and stuff. It doesn't have the sugary milk, you know? That is true. Okay. Uh, you have a little bit of a leg to stand on there. I, I, okay. I, I'd be okay with that. <laughs> you somewhat redeemed yourself. Okay. <laughs> I was about to hit the delete button. I know, I know, and I was, you know, I was afraid I was going to disappoint you, but you know, got 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 to do me. All right. Well, I'm going to let Leela grab a drink of water uh, because this is the part of the podcast that I'm most excited for. Um, each episode, we allow our guests to uh, have an open forum to give their words of wisdom. On their way out, um, if they were only going to be living for another few hours, what advice would they want to leave for the world? And um, with that, I'm going to turn it over to Leela, and the floor is yours. (sighs) Okay. 
Well, I think like everybody else who's been on the podcast, when you asked me to do it right away, I was like, what, why, why is he asking me? What do I got to say? You know, and, and thinking about maybe all the mistakes I made, but then also the, all the accomplishments that I feel like that I had in my life and stuff like that. And I was trying to talk to my friends, my family members about it. Like, what, what should I say? What, what is it maybe about me that, that you see, you know, that you like, or that would be good to pass on to like my son or something like that. And I think one of, one of the things that I kind of got back from everyone was about like, I feel like coming from a very small town and then moving out to like New York City. And now I'm kind of in this, I feel like a happy medium where I am right now. Um, I feel like down to earth, you know, and that's what mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of my friends and family kind of like, oh, you're just so, you're so real. You're so down to earth. So I guess I want to say that it's good to be yourself and to be authentic. Um, the one thing I did do was look up the definition of authenticity and it's mm -hmm. not false or copied, genuine, real. And that's how I feel like I am. And I think it's important to be true to yourself and to be honest and to be happy with the life that you want to live and not what others expect you to live or society expects you to live. And um, I look at my life as a child and my life in New York City and now and how I feel like it's expected you're going to go to school, you're going to go to college, you're going to meet meet your husband or wife, you're going to have kids, you're going to work a nine to five job, you're going to get a big house and all these things that seem to be like what you're supposed to do, blah, 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 blah. And it's, it's not how like I want to live my life. And I see how a lot of people, they might not even have an opportunity to live under a roof, you know, or have family around or food to eat and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so I just, I, I feel like I had a lot of opportunity to travel when I was touring with Esperanza and you know, there, you see, you see things that we're in like a bubble. I think especially in the United States, we're in kind of like this bubble. We, we don't, a lot of people just don't realize how other people live and, what real poverty is and i still think that there's a lot of things that i don't understand but something that really like profoundly kind of changed me was one of the first times i went to to rio and we were in a part of rio that was like you know you're on the beach you're 
you're a Copacabana, you're, you're drinking a caipirinha and you know, you're having a grand mm-hmm. old time or whatever. And then you literally, there's a big mountain and you go through a tunnel and on the other side of the mountain is what they call the favela, which is where yeah. it's, it's all shanty town, you know? And it was just like, whoa, like literally in a matter of minutes, I go from this, you know, oh, being on the beach and, you know, to like real life kind of, you know, it, it just kind of put, mm-hmm. put some things into perspective. And, you know, I think just there was a, a time in my life too where where I wasn't true to myself and um, I felt like I was living this fake life for for a long time um, and I, I think maybe I didn't even know it or realize it until that part of my life was over um, and I'm, I, I'm talking about my first marriage and it, yeah, and it's, it's, you know, it's, it's not something I regret because I learned so much from it, but you know, I, I was not in a good relationship, at least not for me. I was not an equal. Um, I was constantly walking on eggshells and, and things like that. And, um, it, it just, when that ended, I felt like, oh my gosh, my, my life is over. Oh, what am I going to do? Oh, I'll never love again. And, <laughs> you know, and then I look, I look back on that stuff now and I'm like, whoa, that, that's actually the best thing that ever happened to me, you know, because now mm-hmm. I, I, my husband now is like, I mean, for me, he's the perfect match. I mean, it's kind of crazy. We, we never fight, but it's not because we don't, we're like not wanting to confront each other about things. That's, that's what we do is anything that is ever bothering one of us. It's right there on the table all the time. Mm-hmm. And we, we, we're able to communicate and I think that is really important is, is really just being honest. And that's one thing I told myself that I was always going to do, um, from now on was I was going to be completely honest, whether it's, it might hurt somebody or whatever, but in the long run, it's going to be so much better for everybody because if you're hiding behind something, it's just gonna, it's going to live inside of you. It's going to rot there. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you don't sweat the small stuff and you confront the things that need to be confronted. And it's like such a healthier relationship now. And I'm so grateful for that. And I, yeah. I think of some people that I know that are very codependent and are in really unhealthy relationships because they don't they're scared or they don't see a brighter future ahead and stuff like that mm-hmm. so I guess that's really kept me grounded too just thinking about what I've been through and all these things that I thought like 
oh, this is, this is, you know, the end of the world. But, but then later it, it always comes to how like things are better. It, it, it's almost always like that. Um, <laughs> the, I mean, the darkness, it's, it, it isn't permanent. You can break without being broken forever. Um, so it, I, I guess one of the things I want, one of the things that my, my husband said to me, um, and he still has to remind me every day is to remember the rainbows. That's our phrase. Remember the rainbows because I'm, yeah. I'm constantly getting stuck on awful things that could happen or bad things or, you know, and I, and I get stuck in this road of, Oh, how are things going to get better from here? And, and I keep forgetting like, this is, this too shall pass, you know, as the mm -hmm. phrase goes. And what I mean by remember the rainbows was that we got married in, on July 1st in, in, in 2017. And we did it all. It was very small. I did it like all myself. <laughs> so yeah, yeah it, it was really cool, <laughs> but it was in Brooklyn and it was going to be outside. There was a special spot. We lived right across the street from Prospect Park and there was a special okay. spot that we chose. We we're going to go to this spot, hid in the woods and get married there. And then, and then uh, the reception was going to be on this roof deck. And like every day for like three weeks, I'm like looking at the weather, looking at the weather every day, like all day, like, Oh my gosh, it looks like it's going to rain. Okay. How come it's, you know, and, and as it kept getting closer and closer and closer, that's all I could think about. That's all I could think about was there's going to be rain. There's going to be rain. It's going to thunderstorm, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And that's all I could think about. And it just took me over. And then the day of the wedding, it was raining. And I was like, I remember being upset. But then I also remember waking up and being like, you know what? I'm, get, I'm getting married to my best friend today. Like, it's not going to matter. We're going to figure it out. And, you know, it was like texting everyone and just trying to get everything in order and, and going over and, and setting up indoors um, and all this stuff. But it's just like, you know what? It's whatever. We got to do what we got to do. So that's what happened. We ended up getting married in. Luckily, they had a room that they kept open for me, for us, and mm -hmm. got married inside. Like all of our friends were like in a semicircle around us. You know, cool. And it was just like, I everything else disappeared, and it was it was thundering, it was lightning while we were giving our vows or or whatever we were, you know, you know, telling each other in this time, and yeah. it was just like, <laughs> it was just so drowned out. All I saw was all my friends, all my family, just in this. It was like this protective bubble, and then. It, yeah. As soon as the, as soon as the ceremony was over, the rain cleared up. We walked out on the roof deck, and there was an amazing double rainbow. So we have all these awesome. incredible wedding photos with a double rainbow in the background. <laughs>
Cool. And that's when, you know, he, he, his name is Dan. And he took me aside and he was like, see, you know, this is what, this is what it's all about. And he's like, you got to remember the rainbows. And that's kind of what I've been trying to live by these days. Like, like, like right now, I mean, what's, what's a better time? Yeah. It, we're stuck at home. Um, and you know, people, it's like, Oh, this is the end of days. You know, it's just, you know, it's just going to get worse. Right. But I just keep telling myself, remember the rainbows. I mean, I, I'm so grateful for this time now. And, and I, and I'm thinking about how important to me it was to go to the grocery store whenever I wanted or to take my son to the library or, you know, things like that. So also just really being grateful, you know, I think it's just so important. People forget, they forget so quickly and living in New York city, especially when I was leaving, you know, it really puts stuff like that into perspective. You know, everybody is so go, 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 go. And it's me, 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 me. So it's just like in your face. And I remember one Mm -hmm. time I was on the subway and it was rush hour and it was crazy. And I was, I was pregnant, like visibly pregnant. And the platform was literally packed like shoulder to shoulder. So each train that came, they always tell you like, let the people off the train first before you go in. But do you think people follow that rule? Never. (laughs) So it was just like this push and pull and me and me. And it was just like, I I finally got up to the edge of the platform, but it was like one of the most scariest moments in my life because here I am like pregnant with my first baby and I'm standing on the edge of a subway platform and there's like a wave of people who need to get where they need to go. Their lives are so important. It was like the scariest. It was literally, it wasn't like I was staying on a cliff, but dude, seriously, one, one person who's like, you know, I don't, I don't give a crap. I, I need to get on this next train. It could take one tiny push and boom. That that could have been it. Mm-hmm. So I think about moments like that so often and it it just really it put it grounds me. And I I, I really feel like that's that's what I'm about, you know. And I learned a lot of that from my mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if you ever met my mom or like she did yeah. she came on that trip. To, to New York yep. with us. Yep. <laughs> my mom, she's definitely like, she, she's, she doesn't care about what anybody thinks, <laughs> you know, she, boom. And I, I, I've gotten a lot of that from her and that's a lot of, of other people. I think really they, they respect that, you know, cause I, I'm just not, I'm just not gonna, you know, give, give you some BS. It's just not, it's, it's not going to happen, you know? I like, I like just being, being able to be honest, um, be humble, you know, (laughs) when I, you know, talk about my career or, um, like the CD and everything. And it, it's hard for me to promote it because I'm, I'm not, I'm not like that. I'm not looking to, you know, be famous or make a dime or something mm-hmm. like that. So, so that part of, I think that's, 
you know, a lot of the part, the reason why I moved out of New York City was like, really, to be honest, I, I couldn't hack it. I don't, I don't have that, that hustle. I don't have that super thick skin, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why it's like, it's even hard to talk about being humble, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, cause oh, I'm humble. Like <laughs> yeah, how can you even talk about being humble? You know, if, if I'm here yeah. on this podcast saying I'm humble. So it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, it's just, I, I just think that's really important too. I remember uh, moments on the tour with Esperanza. I, I would have these moments of entitlement, feeling entitled to things. And I look back at that now and I'm like, why, why did I feel like, oh, you, you should make sure I have a bottle of water by my mic, but you know, like, I, it's like, that's so dumb or, oh, oh, this, this hotel room doesn't have this or that, you know, it's like, what? I'm staying in a five-star hotel in uh, Amsterdam. Like, what? <laughs> you know? So it, it's, you know, it's good to, to just stop and, and think about those things when, when you get, I mean, everybody, everybody gets there. Everybody feels that way. But I think it's good to stop and think about it, you know? It, yeah. So that's kind of what, you know, when we were talking about my CD, if you look at the album cover, there are five different versions of me, five different roles, roles that I actually play or played in my life. Um. Like there's one, mm-hmm. the first one is the role that I think I take on the most, which is this lazy person watching Netflix with the popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's me through and through. That part I get from yeah. my dad. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's also me as a mom and there's me as a musician. There's me as a cater waiter. And there's me as, you know, this diva who goes out, you know, in on the town and has some cocktails you know what I mean and Mm -hmm. I feel like living in New York City and having all these musician friends there there was a lot of pressure to be that one role you're you're the musician role I'm a musician that's the role I play and I was like well you know that's that's not all of me you know I I always had pressure Mm -hmm. for a long time even even right before I moved I was still cater waiting that's how I was making a lot of my money because like I said, it, it was hard for me to do that hustle. It was hard for me to go out and be like, come out and listen to me. My music's the best music you'll ever hear because yeah, that's, that's not what it's about, you know? And even releasing the album, I was kind of going like, Oh, well, I'm going to need a, I'm going to need a label. I'm going to need a PR person. I'm going to do this and that. And I was like, you know what? That's not, it's just not who I am. So mm-hmm. I ended up releasing the album just on my own. And that, for me, man, that is like a huge accomplishment. Like, I can't believe I did it. Like, you can go online and you can type in my name and you can see my music on iTunes or, or stuff like that. For me, when I do that, I'm, it's so exciting. Like, wow, I did yeah. that. I figured out how to do that on my own. Um, and that's a big part of the being independent, you know, that I think it's por- important to 
to to think about being independent because for a lot of for a long time I was so codependent and I felt like I couldn't do things on my own and for a long time I was you know kind of told that I couldn't do those things without somebody so mm-hmm. this was like so huge for me to fi- to finally do this and you know so I think I think it's just really important to have your own you your accomplishments are for you. They're they're not they're not for everyone else, really, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just it's just really cool to to have a baby like that and to also just, you know, live your life. Um you know, you have your connections. Being loyal is also really important to me. Um, my my very best friend, you know her. She's still my best mm-hmm. friend. Her name is Rachel. And I think that's also... Hi, hi Rachel. <laughs> hi, Rachel. <laughs> She's always like, if you, get, if you get stuck, just say, Rachel Carey, and then you're good. Sign off. <laughs> that's all you got to say. So th- she's going to like that. <laughs> nice. But... That's always, a, it's a great way too to just kind of like bring me back down sort of to like a, an, like a, a level that, you know, I, I can be seen at. Like I call her and I'll be like, oh, this and that and whatever. And, and she just brings me back to this like center, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And it's so nice. It's, it's really nice because I lived a totally different life than her and she 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 stayed in basically in Pulaski, you know, she works at the local hardware store. Um, and she has like her whole life and she's got a a beautiful family. She's got two boys that are like the nicest, smartest boys. I can't wait to see what they're going to grow up to be. Mm -hmm. She, she ended up being like the best mom. I'm always calling her like, what do you do when this happens? What do you do when that happens? And it, it's always nice to, to like, just have that connection there and to just, you know, bring me back to real life, bring me back to where, you know, I started my roots kind of. So I think it's just really good to be surrounded by people who love you and, and are loyal to you. It, that's, that can be a really strong bond. That also is something I think can be really important is if you have that opportunity to have a person that you know is really going to be there when you fall. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I've actually, I, I, I found a new friend out here too that's kind of like that. And it's been so awesome, you know, to have, to have someone else out here too that I can connect to on a different level. So it's, it's really important for me to, to have some of those close relationships. Yeah. Yeah. But in the end, you know, just be kind. Oh, also reduce and reuse and recycle. <laughs> I, I, I like, I was like, should I say it? Like, should I talk about that? I'm like, yeah, because that's one of the things in our household too, that we're, we're really starting to get into, you know, really, you know, it's really important to us and yeah. we have our own vegetable garden. Um, we've learned how to can lots of different foods. A lot of this stuff that we buy secondhand, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, so like, you know, I just want to stick that in there because I think it's really important 
because (laughs) that's also another thing. Have you noticed during this quarantine, all the animals are coming back out? Like, right. Right. Yeah. I just watched a video the other day of there's like coyotes running across the Golden Gate Bridge and there's elephants running through the streets of India. Like, yeah, yeah, let's let's not forget, you know, that what's happening here. What? See, that's what I mean. For for the animals, it's their rainbows. It's it's happening right now. Yeah. So we yeah. can't forget that. So I guess in short, that's really you know remember the rainbows, man, because it's it's not going to be bad forever. There's always going to be a light at the end of the tunnel. And if if you feel like there's not, there's people to talk to, there's places to go for help. I mean, and right now, I'm sure everybody, you know, is struggling. They're, they're not, yeah. they're not seeing the rainbows. So I guess that's where I stand. Cool. Remember the rainbows, Evan. Remember. That's, that's great. <laughs> and that's, and it's easy to remember. It's everything about that is great. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much yeah, for sharing. I didn't like that's great. Off, too off tangent with all these different things. But. You, you, you did wonderfully. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's, and I think that you, you hit the nail on the head and the way that, that I could describe what you, the, 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 the talk you just gave would be genuine. You are a genuine person and that everything about what you said is genuine. And that's one of the best ways I could describe you. And so thank you. The, uh, the, those are great words to, to live by and great word, great advice for people. Um, so thanks. Well, thank you for, for coming on. This was so cool. (laughs) Yeah, it was cool. I had so much fun catching up. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Excellent. All right. Well, um, I just, I, again, I wanted to say I appreciate it. And is there any last parting words before we hit stop that you wanted to let out? I don't know. Anybody you want to say hi to? I mean, I already <laughs> said hi to Rachel. I mean, she's going like, oh, to, she's going <laughs> to dig that, but hi mom. <laughs> hi dad. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much. Yeah. Man. Thank you. been listening to just a little bit of the title track off of Leela Sears album First Instinct. Uh, really, really cool stuff. The whole album, top to bottom, is a great listen. Um, such really, really unique sounds as well as stuff that's just so easy to listen to. And so I highly recommend it. You can head out to Bandcamp um, where you can get a actual physical CD, also digital downloads as well. 
You could head over to any of your major streaming services, your Apple Musics, your Spotify's and whatnot, to be able to listen to that album, as well as head over to LilaSeer.com. She has a lot of different information about herself and um, booking information and stuff like that. So I just wanted to say thank you so much to Leela for giving me a little bit of her time to stop in and have this interview from her basement. (laughs) Um, But she had such great stuff to say, and I just, I really appreciate her taking that time out for uh, kind of a, a, have a conversation with an old friend. So thank you, Leela. I really appreciate it. Everybody else, uh, I'm going to encourage you to head on over to onyourwayout.com. There you have links to the different listening spots as well as all of our social media on Facebook and Instagram. Um, I want to say thank you to my brother Graham Marlowe for providing the intro and outro music for this episode. Um, And just again, thanks for stopping in. This has been a, a, a really cool time and I hope you enjoyed the episode. All right, guys. Thanks for stopping by. Take care of yourselves.